Welcome to the Reclaimed Recovery Podcast, where Christian men are overcoming porn. If you're struggling with porn, our podcast is going to help you break the shame and rewire your brain so you can get back to living a porn-free life. I'm your host, Colton Thomas, and welcome back to episode six on how to train your brain. It's going to be insane, guys. And yes, I chose that title because it rhymes and it rolls off the tongue nicely, but don't worry. I'm not quitting my day job to become a freestyle rapper. But we got to have a little bit of fun with this podcast, right? Because we get into some heavy topics. For example, right now we are in the middle of a series about the science behind what makes a compulsive porn habit. And learning about the science is going to help us understand how. How did we find ourselves in this mess? How did we find ourselves here in the first place, potentially spending hours browsing adult sites that are directly in conflict with our values? And it's going to help us understand why. Why do we continue to do this despite the harm that it does for ourselves, but not only ourselves, for the people that we love as well? So if we can start by learning how this happens and why this happens, then we are going to be set up to defend ourselves against anything that wants to come and hijack our brain. Because let's be honest, if it's not porn, it's going to be something else because we live right now in a time and a culture where we are constantly being marketed to with these shortcuts to things that feel good, to pleasure and desire. And so this is a really important skill to know and understand how our brains work and to be able to defend against people and products that have an agenda to appeal to our short-term gratification in areas of our life when really we need to be striving for long-term delayed gratification, especially when it comes to sex and sexual relationships. Because the lie that porn is selling you on is that sex is about me and gratifying my desires now. Anytime I have sexual urges or arousal, I can have them met immediately without effort or requirement or communication or sacrifice, right? And that's a very, very dangerous belief to let internalize over time because what that's going to set us up for is failure when it comes to communicating with our spouses and times when we need to be sensitive to what they're feeling. And we may not be able to have our sexual desires and gratification met immediately sometimes. And that's okay. We've got to be able to handle that. We have to be able to be okay with that because guess what? It takes two to tango and we're in this, not just for ourselves, but for the person that we love who's on the other side of this equation. And so what we have to realize is that porn is directly at odds with this and if porn has trained our brains to get further and further away from this over time we need to understand how that has happened and how we can reverse that process and unlearn what we have learned okay as master yoda says you must unlearn what you have learned okay for all my star wars fans out there that's the best impression i've got for you but it's true we've got to unlearn what we've learned when it comes to how our brain has been trained to think about sex and sexual gratification and desire, especially if we've been using porn for a long time. And that is what this podcast is for today. So let's get into it. Today we are talking about behavioral conditioning, and I'm going to make this as simple as I can and as practical for you as possible so you can implement it in your struggle against porn. I'm not going to go into all the details and all the different terms and jargon. So if you're looking for a very in-depth coverage of operant conditioning and classical conditioning, then I will leave links to articles so you can deep dive more into those things later. But really the purpose of this episode is to extract some of the big takeaways from these popular concepts in psychology and share them with you in a way that makes them as useful as possible for you and where you're at 
at right now with this. And so let's begin with a little refresher from our last episode. In our last episode, we talked about dopamine and how dopamine acts as a way for your brain to measure rewards and to compare rewards and to compare certain experiences that you've had with other experiences in determining what you should prioritize right? And we also talked about how there's a lot of things that activate this reward circuit in your brain. And we talked about how sex was one of the most powerful natural rewards that exist for our brains. And we talked about why there are good reasons for that, right? It makes sense that we would be designed to want to seek out reproductive behavior, as well as long-term bonding with a partner. We're wired for connection. That's no secret. And sex comes in and it aids us in that process. And that's a really neat and beautiful thing. However, from a biological standpoint, we should be taking the amount of dopamine that sex releases as a sign that we should really be paying attention to this aspect of our lives. Because again, this is the most powerful natural reward there is. In fact, sexual arousal is also unique because it activates precisely the same reward system circuitry as do addictive drugs like cocaine. And so what's the point of this? Well, the point is that anything that releases potent amounts of dopamine has the ability to train us and train our brains to want more of it. And so we need to be aware because if we're not aware of what's lighting up our brains over a long period of time, then we can be conditioned to things we don't want to be conditioned to. Now with some intentionality and some purpose and planning, we can condition ourselves to things we want to be conditioned to and we can uncondition or untrain our brains from bad habits and things we don't want to be around in our lives. That's why the science can be so empowering to understand. So let's look at an example of how this works by talking about a famous experiment done by a man named Ivan Pavlov and his dogs. You've probably heard of Pavlov's dogs. Now what you maybe haven't heard of is Pavlov's cats or Thomas's cats because my wife has been able to train our cat to run from anywhere in the neighborhood. Our cat could be in China and she could shake its food box and if that cat hears the sound of food, it comes bolting through the door. Nothing else will get it to come. You can't call your cat very seldom. Actually, our cat actually sometimes does listen to us when we call it, which is kind of unique. But really, it's the shaking of the food that has trained it to know when to come back home at night, which is pretty neat because we typically think of cats as being much harder to train. But that's just a small example of how powerful behavioral conditioning can be. All right. So that's for all of you cat people out there. If you're a dog person and you're like, wait, this was supposed to be about dogs. You're probably really disappointed right now. But hey, I'm just trying to keep everybody happy. All right, so back to Pavlov. So there's this guy named Pavlov, and he decided to do an experiment one day. So he went and he got a bell, and he started ringing the bell around his dogs. Okay, so his dogs started becoming familiar with the ring of the bell. Well, then he started feeding his dogs every time he rang the bell. So he'd ring the bell, feed his dogs, and he'd do that over and over and over again. Well, eventually what he noticed is that the dogs started salivating every time he rung the bell. Okay, so when he rung the bell, the dogs expected to get food. And so they were conditioned this way, right? That's why it's called classical conditioning, to expect something when they received a certain cue or trigger, we might call it, okay? And what's the analogy here? Well, let's think about it for a second. Let's say that every time we're going about our day 
and we feel sexually aroused by something, anything, something's triggered us. Let's say if we're used to having this desire met immediately by pornography over and over and over again, then guess what our brains are going to be conditioned to expect every time we feel sexual arousal and sexual urges? Well, the first thing that we're going to think about is pornography. And when we're used to getting it quickly, when we're used to having those needs met quickly, we know nothing else is going to meet it as quick. Guess what? We're going to go back to pornography and then the conditioning is going to be strengthened. So that pairing between sexual arousal and pornography in your brain has gotten stronger and stronger over time. All right. And that's a problem. Now, here's the really interesting thing about this and the thing that I think is most useful to us as men who are struggling with porn. And that is this part of the experiment where Pavlov actually reversed the conditioning in his dogs. So he was actually able to take the food away at the ring of the bell and do that over and over again. And he was able to condition his dogs to no longer crave the food at the sound of the bell, right? So the craving that the dogs had that were associated with a certain trigger could be undone. This could be reversed. And so here's why this matters to us. This experiment helped to clearly show how our brains can be conditioned to want and desire certain things, and also how they can be unconditioned to crave certain things and how processes can even be reversed, right? Our brains can be trained in a certain way and then they can be untrained. And this should offer us a lot of hope when it comes to porn, because really that's most of what's going on. Our brains have become trained to desire porn when we receive certain triggers, right? And we may not be aware of it all the time. And that's another thing we are really going to work on in future episodes is self-awareness. But the fact of the matter is that when we desire porn, something has signaled that to us in our brain. Something has happened. We've been triggered in some way to want it. And when we repeat that process over and over and over again, and we aren't even entirely aware of what's going on, essentially what's happened is we've conditioned ourselves to want pornography at certain times of the day and when we see certain things and think about certain things. And what this has done is that it has actually created new pathways in our brain. Okay. So one of the most dangerous things about porn addiction is the rewiring that it does to our brain circuitry. As your brain is conditioned to crave porn over time, it takes up more and more precious real estate that your brain would otherwise use for real social connections, motivation, natural sex drives with your spouse or partner. Okay. It takes that space up. And so as these neurological pathways that porn creates become reinforced over time with that classical conditioning, they soon become the quickest and most powerful access that we have to any anticipation of pleasure in our lives. Okay. To any anticipation of pleasure at all. And that's why I ask guys a lot of times when they're struggling with porn, what in your life right now do you have that you're looking forward to, right? Are you building anything? Do you have anything long-term? And a lot of times it's hard for men who are in the middle of an intense struggle with porn to have that feeling of anticipation towards other things they look forward to in life. And that's not an accident. There's some real scientific reasons and processes that are happening to make that so. And so while this is going on, while these patterns are being reinforced, we become desensitized from anything else that emits a lesser dopamine, which is pretty much everything like we talked about, right? And it kind of gets worse. As we become desensitized to other things in life, porn becomes even more alluring to us. Therefore, we go back to porn and we end up in the cycle that seemingly never ends. But it can end. 
It can end. The good news, like we've talked about, is that we can rewire our brains with the same conditioning. And we can weaken those porn pathways in the brain, and we can reactivate the pathways for natural arousal and sexual urges the way they were designed and intended to be from the time that we were born and the time that we hit puberty. Okay. And we can restore more pleasure and enjoyment from our lives as a whole if we return to this healthier God intended relationship with dopamine. And in many cases, it doesn't take all that long to start seeing the positive results from quitting porn. Okay. So that's the good news. Now, knowing all this about conditioning and the wiring of the brain can bring a lot of hope and it should. It can be empowering to know this stuff. However, I don't believe that behavioral conditioning alone is all that there is to porn recovery, okay? And some out there might argue with me on that, but there's a few key differences between us and these dogs in the experiment, right? First of all, what porn is offering us is a lot more complex and involved than what the food is offering the dogs, okay? The craving of the dogs has a lot of key differences biologically, than our cravings for sex. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is that us as human beings have social and relational needs that are far more complex than the dogs as well and that really play into our recovery, okay? We require love, connection, and community in a more complex way than the dogs do, right? Because of our language and the way we're able to communicate and process our feelings and share those with other people, this means there's more to the story of overcoming a habit than there is to the conditioning of these dogs when it comes to their food. That's what this says to me. So anyone who says, yeah, we're just like these dogs when it comes to porn and that's where we can find all of our answers, I'm going to be skeptical of that view, okay? Because as a man of faith, we've got to go to more holistic thinking about this in our approach, okay? And we need to be careful about getting really narrow into any one mindset of something we think that's just going to save us if we just go really far down this one certain path. The truth is there's multiple angles to recovery. And we're going to talk about a lot of those in this podcast. So if you really want to change long-term, it's going to help you to have a strategic plan to address porn as well as sexuality and your identity and your behaviors and your symptoms as well. But you also want to have a strategic plan that involves relationships, that involves other men who can encourage you and journey alongside you and some who can guide you who have already quit porn, right? And that's the whole reason why I've started Reclaimed because Reclaimed is a community of men. We have an app that you can get on and you can request prayer and celebrate victories and get some encouragement there so you can start getting that community. And I would love for you to join us, but if you don't join us, got to involve relationships in your recovery journey because it's been wisely said in relationships we are wounded, but also it's in healthy relationships that we are healed. So to recap one more time, as we wrap this episode up, we've learned that yes, our brains can be conditioned and trained to want porn, but those habits can also be reversed. We can use reverse conditioning to train our brains to stop wanting porn and start desiring more healthy sexual alternatives. Okay. And the question of how do we do that? How do we embrace our sexuality? How do we break this porn habit and start living a healthy sex life now? Well, my friend, that's something for future episodes. That's what this podcast is about. That's what we're going to get into. We're going to get into those practical tips. But first, it's really important to get through this series on why. How did we get here? 
And why do we stay? Those are the questions we're trying to answer before we get to the third of how do I get out of here? And that's what we're going to do in the podcast. So before we go, I just want you to remember, guys, don't stop believing in yourselves. You can be porn free. Until I see you in the next episode, take care. Thanks for listening to the Reclaimed Recovery Podcast. Hey guys, if you're enjoying listening to our podcast, there's a couple quick things I would love for you to do that could really help us out. One is to leave a quick review for our podcast. This would help us reach more men and potentially help more lives. Two is to head over to reclaimedrecovery.com and check out our free training on the five shifts that we use to help men overcome pornography and overcome it for good. This training is going to go into even more depth on a lot of things that we talk about in our podcast. In the training, you can also find out more about our 10-week journey through our coaching app and online course that can help bring you that transformation you need to start living a life porn free. So if you love this podcast, you're going to love the training and other materials that you can find in our community app and on our website. Again, that's reclaimedrecovery.com and you can find the links to all of these resources and more right on our homepage.